0: gentlemen, and here we are again live on Blog Talk Radio. This is The Stoop, and I'm your host, Jonathan Ragus. Alongside me, as always, he's the one-beer queer for tonight, Jeff Perini. What's going on, brother?
1: Happy National Beer Day from your one-beer queer. I rock and rolled uh, last night. Um, Those of you that saw me out there, I apologize in advance. Uh, Hey, man, another Thirsty Thursday, National Beer Day, and the freaking Stoop.
0: Back in black, my friend, man. This is going to be a good show tonight, man. Um, first of all, let's give a special thank you to Ed Roman for joining us this past Monday. He was a real trip. Awesome dude. We can't wait to hang out with him when he gets to Philly, hopefully this summer. Um, had a lot of fun with him, didn't we, Jeff?
1: Oh, he was great. Stories were great, and uh, music was good. A nice little funky vibe we had. And, uh, man, if he comes to Philly, it's, it's going to be a great scene.
0: I actually was at work today. And I was walking around yesterday, and the whole time I was singing the Jamaica song. It's it's that catchy. Yeah. <laughs> um it, it really is, man. It's it, I'm I'm so glad that I was sent those uh, songs in MP3 format from his manager, because now now my MP3 player, man. So in Jamaica. That sounds a little better, but great song. Yeah, a little bit. awesome dude. Good times, my friend. Good. I good times. I noticed
1: the last couple of weeks you're. Uh... That's a weeks, you're experimenting with singing on the air. That's of the of you. Listen,
0: air. I sing all day long. <laughs> Before, I had uh, Google Play Radio going. I uh, listening to some Queen, man, jamming out, dancing, man, just singing. And my son, who's 10 months old, just looking at me like, man, why was I giving this guy as my father in life? But, <laughs> you know, we have some good times, man. Um, we have some good times. And if you're not dancing and you're not singing, you're not enjoying life. That's how I always feel about it. So...
1: Oh, wait, I like I sing and work all day long.
0: Oh, yeah. But tonight, man, we have a great, great guest coming on with us, man. Real, real stoked about this. And it's noted singer, noted songwriter, Mick James. Not Rick James. Rick James won't be joining us tonight, as we said last Monday. <laughs> it's Mick James. And if you don't know who Mick James is, you're going to find out all about him tonight right here on The Stoop. He has done so, so many things. Uh, he's he's written music for Jets playoff games, he's done uh, work with um, with Jonathan Davis from Korn for uh, Chris Angel's Mind Freak and a bunch of Chris Angel's events, did music for that, uh, did music for WWE, we're going to ask him about that because we're huge wrestling fans here, and then we're also going to play two, uh, two of his singles um, from his latest album, we're going to talk about his new album that he's working on uh this guy's awesome, man I, I already think he's 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 absolutely awesome. can't wait to get him on here and introduce him to our uh, listeners and uh just just really looking forward to it. we just listened to a couple of the songs here uh pre show and it just really kicks ass, man so it's gonna be great to have Mick James with us on here live on the stoop he's gonna be joining us at around eight p m eastern time so in a little less than a half an hour, but we have lots of things to discuss, but before we do that. It's time for our top five list here at The Stoop. And tonight it's our top five favorite rock and metal drummers. That's right. We're going to group it up together. Jeff's going to give you five. I'm going to give you five. And for two times now, for two shows, man, no tie for me. But Jeff, start it off, my brother.
1: All right. This one, um, easily the hardest one. Uh, I love drummers. love drumming. I love the sound of drums. This is big. Um... So I went mostly rock. Uh, I, I got a tie at number five. Oh, uh, number five for me. Oh yeah, tie at number five. Number five for me. I'm gonna start off with Tony Thompson. Tony Thompson played with bands like uh, Chic and um, the Power the Station. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> not that Tony Thompson. Uh, the Power Station, uh, Chic, just more from Madonna, David Bowie. Uh, he played at Live Aid with uh, Led Zeppelin, an amazing drummer, Deep, yes. Hard, pounding on the drums, outstanding stuff. Um, tied uh, with that, David Carey. Uh, mm-hmm. Carey started out with uh, he started out with Green Jelly, and is now uh, the long-running drummer of Tool. Um, great dark beats. Uh, the band Tool, as you know, uh, Maynard Keenan. They're very um, very meticulous about the, their music and uh mm-hmm. Carrie's mm-hmm. the leader and drummer man and just great stuff. Uh, I forgot about Green Jelly
0: Man and I actually have their uh their one album. I can't remember what the name of it is, but that's the one with uh yeah, awesome. with the three little yeah. pigs on it, man. I did was that serial killer soundtrack, I think it is.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. David Carrey, uh that's the guy. Yep. Uh number four from Jimmy Hendrix Experience, Mitch Mitchell. Uh real groovy, hippie drummer, man. Guy had it all the speed. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Uh, number three, uh, a guy that more people should have known and maybe not, but uh, passed away a couple of years back, Michael Lee. Uh, Michael Lee did the um, Unleaded with Jimmy uh, Page and Robert Plant.
2: Mm-hmm. Also yeah. did
1: a couple of reunion with the Colt and Thin Lizzy, uh, one of your bands here, Thin Lizzy. Absolutely, and, Thin uh, Lizzy, a
0: baby.
1: Called, yep, a group called Little Angels. An amazing drummer, young guy, yeah. died at 39 years old. Uh, tremendous drummer, great awesome. Number two and one are easy. Number two, Keith Moon, absolute animal on the drums. In fact, he was the inspiration behind the Muppets animal uh, character. Keith Moon was just amazing man. Did everything to the fullest. Drum live life, crazy dude, man, just great. And number one for me is easy. Knowing me by now, Led Zeppelin guy, John Bonham. Nobody beats Bonham. The guy just did it perfectly every little sound it was in a studio even live it was just all jacked all dead on a uh, couple guys that died too soon in my top three there uh but john Bonham, number one for me
0: absolutely phenomenal drummers uh for, for for your top six man well i guess you know top five you got the uh you got the uh the, the infamous tie at number five which is what we do here uh great stuff um i'm i do we have nobody the same at all i think that's the second week in a row um, my number five is going to baffle a lot of people, but she's drummed for so many people from from Prince to Ringo to to the Hans Zimmer and, and just pretty much everybody. I've always liked what she has done, think she is a very underrated drummer, doesn't get a lot of love that she should get. And that's Sheila E. Sheila E is is, is just one of those women that should get more more recognition on in, in the music scene in general but also on the rock and even on the rock pop scene. I mean she did work with Herbie Hancock, uh, Diana Ross, George Duke, Marvin Gaye. I mean you know seriously just pretty much better you know Billy Cobham, uh, Gloria Stefan I could just go on and on and on. She's done so many great things in her life and she's been active since 1976. Why doesn't she only get any more love than she does? Don't know absolutely baffles me. You went with Keith Moon, number two, who is the inspiration for Animal of the Muppets. I'm going to go with somebody who looks like Animal from the Muppets when he's flailing his arms around. Shannon Larkin from Godsmack. Just absolutely (laughs) loved his drumming. I think when they brought him into Godsmack, it gave them a a, – they just turned him into a completely different animal. I absolutely love Godsmack, love the former drummer, but Shannon Larkin is just so much better. Gotta go maiden, number three, Nico McBrain. He is just nuts. He's still going at his age and he's probably going to be drumming when he's dead. So, uh, Nico McBrain's my number three, <laughs> number two, just got to see him with suicidal tendencies, former Slayer drummer, Dave Lombardo. That's you know, he, 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 he probably wasn't going to be in my top five. I've always loved Dave Lombardo, but after seeing him with ST at his age and him keeping up with the ST, uh, sound blew me away, man. Absolutely blew me away. Um, I wouldn't even know where he would have been in my top ten. He easily would have been in my top ten, probably around number six or seven, maybe even at number five in front of Sheila E. But I got to put him, he jumps up instantly to number two, um, only because of the way I saw him uh, play for uh, Suicidal Tendencies on the Dystopia tour for Megadeth. Uh, Number one, seriously, nobody better. It's a damn shame that he's retiring. Well, semi-retiring because he's so screwed, but Neil Peart from Rush. To me, there is no better drummer than Neil Peart. Um, if you're, if you have a kid that's trying to drum or you want to drum, follow Neil Peart's path because he's just absolutely phenomenal, man. So Neil Peart from Rush, my number one, Jeff.
1: I love Neil. I I didn't want to get all, um, cookie cutter with it, so I didn't have him in my list. Definitely a top 10 guy. Um, kind of went with guys that did, uh. A little more with a little less. Uh, a lot of these guys playing the smaller sets and just really pounding on small drum kits. And uh, either that or like the classic rock scene. I always like that kind of drumming stuff. So, uh, it's a good list, both sides. Just a lot absolutely. of absolutely,
0: Absolutely. So, let's do a quick, quick rundown here for our top five favorite rock and metal drummers. Jeff's top five. He has a tie at number five with Tony Thompson and David Carey. Number four, Mitch Mitchell. Number three, Michael Lee. Number two, Keith Moon. And number one, the insane, incredible John Bonham. My top five. Yes, number five, Sheila E doesn't get enough love. Check her out if you don't know who she is. And if you don't know who she is, you should smack yourself in the face. Number four, Shannon Larkin <laughs> from Godsmack. Number three, Nico McBrain, maiden. Number two, the amazing, infamous, going strong, Dave Lombardo. Number one, the amazing Neil Peart from Rush. Oh, man. Let me tell you. Damn good list. Damn good list.
1: man. man. I got energy just from that list, man, just thinking all these uh songs that they play so well in my head i could do listen to i could listen to drumming straight through a day man i love it
0: absolutely man all right man so let's get into a little bit of uh points of discussion here uh says we gotta talk uh more legends passed away merle haggard the country outlaw he has passed away on his 79th birthday yesterday which is a damn shame to pass away on your birthday must be insane to be born on the same day that you died just 79 years later absolutely insane and then wrestling legend blackjack mulligan if you don't know who blackjack mulligan is you're not a wrestling fan and if you do know Black blackjack mulligan is this is a uh, tough one for wrestling fans his son irs Irvin r Scheister, his uh grandsons bo dallas bray wyatt who are in wwe right now it's just a uh a very rich rich wrestling family so uh yeah man two more jeff two more
1: yeah, a couple of tough ones. We were just talking about uh, Merle Haggard a few weeks ago with uh, Donica Knight, if I uh, recall. Um, I believe so,
0: yes. Yep.
1: Yeah, and uh, he was a big inspiration for her. Uh, tough loss for a, a great um, pioneer of country music. And uh, Blackjack Mulligan, yeah, I saw that one, and I knew that name was coming up tonight. And, uh, yeah, that's the good old days of wrestling, man. We're starting to lose a lot of the guys from... From my young days of wrestling, when I used to just plant myself in the TV on a Saturday morning, and uh, it's a tough loss, man. It, it's a couple, a uh, couple tough names tonight.
0: It's it's a shame that we've lost so many people we grew up on, legends. So many of them so young in the wrestling world. I mean, you look at the guys like, you know, Warrior, Macho Man, you know, passing away over the you know, over the recent years, and then you look at some of the young guys, um, you know, not necessary legends in their own right, but you know, you look at like the Chris Candidos. And, uh, you know, the Eddie Guerreros, um, you know, certain, you know, could be, you know, Ed, well, Eddie Guerrero is a legend in my book, uh, absolutely phenomenal, but you start looking at these guys that have uh, passed away already, and then you look at guys like Blackjack Mulligan, um, and, and other, you know, Mad Dog Vashon, you know, you know, guys that have passed away over the recent years, at least they were up there, you know what I'm saying, they didn't die in their 30s, they didn't die in their early 40s, because they were so screwed up from wrestling, they led good long lives um probably not as long as they should have you know blackjack mulligan probably you know could, could could have been around a lot longer i feel like when you're in your 80s that's a long life when you're in your seven, early 70s you know you still got some time to go but um yes yeah, so our prayers and uh, condolences with the friends and families of merle haggard and wrestling legend blackjack mulligan let's go on to a happier note at least for our boy jeff the here villanova what it all jeff take the floor man
1: Incredible. Yeah, you heard it here on the stoop on Monday before the game. I gave you a 74-71 final. So close, 77-74. The magic of that, and I got to tell you, a lot of people say, well, Philly uh, is not really Villanova town and vice versa. You know what? The energy that was in me and jumping through my ceiling at that three-pointer, one of the best, uh, you know, one of the best championship games in years, whether it be Villanova or not. Um, an amazing game, really the way it should be played. Uh, Jay Wright had a phenomenal uh, game plan in. They played their hearts out. Carolina did as well. It was a tremendous game. And I was mm-hmm. so excited. And uh, just a little side note, when all the tiebreakers broke down with the championship and the points, uh, the Shark actually did win his little Final Four competition. So thanks to everybody that played. But I came down to the wire, and my point tiebreaker was the, uh, the icing on the cake. But congratulations to Villanova, man. That's, that's great stuff.
0: Well, we got to give a shout out now to Angel Chiller. You 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 just dropped the the ball so bad here by not taking out <laughs> Jeff in his little Final Four tournament. Um, so with football coming back real soon, we're getting you back into this. So you better take out Jeff. That's all I'm saying.
1: All the all the girls are coming back. Just a shout out to them if and when they're listening. Jamie, Angel, uh, Taylor, uh, a lot of them. They're they're coming back. There you go. Get another.
0: There you go. I, mean, I gotta touch on this real quick. Um we 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 didn't discuss this pre show and we wouldn't we didn't put this in a rundown, but you know, just reading about it and just seeing how ass hurt everybody's getting and how insult everybody's getting. Boban uh Bomani Jones, he filled in for one of the mics on Mike and Mike in the morning, um, and he wore a Cleveland Indians shirt. But instead of it saying Cleveland Indians with Chief Wahoo on it, it was basically the Cleveland Caucasians with a white chief wahoo on it. And, uh, you know, he clarified why he did that. And uh, he said, and I quote, to have a problem with the logo of this, while pointing to his shirt, would be to have a problem with the Indians. But if you are quiet about the Indians but have something to say about my shirt, I think it's time for some introspection and then he also went on, and I quote, "The Tomahawk and the Braves Jersey, and I grew up rooting for that team, there's no defense for doing that. Like the Indians logo, there's no defense for doing that. Why would you make these people a mascot? Well, it's based on the stereotypes we've had in the past. What would be the justification for keeping them or the need of keeping them? And then Washington, where it's just a slur, a flat-out slur," and quote, "Really hard to argue with Bamani Jones' um, um, you know reasoning of why he wore this shirt. And I got to tell you, man, I think we should make some, some Caucasian shirts, some African-American shirts, some Asian shirts. Let's get it all done. I want a Caucasian shirt. I think it's it, – it, listen, man, it's <laughs> it's come to a point where everybody's got to stop being so insulted and so ass-hurt by everything. And I, I'm i I'm totally on Bomani Jones' side with this one, man. If you can bitch about the Caucasian shirt, you should really be doing some introspection and start bitching about the Indian shirt and the Braves logo, and such and such, because it's it's on the same basis. It's on the same line. He hit the nail on the head, man. These are stereotypes, especially the Chief Wahoo logo, and I, and I and I do like it. Don't get me wrong, who didn't, because we all grew up on baseball, and that's been around for forever. It's based on a stereotype from so many years ago when, you know, being a racist was actually okay in this country. So I'm with Bamani Jones. Uh, people need to just really just chill out. He he brought something to light. His points were absolutely incredible, and I say, get me a Caucasian shirt. What do you think, Jeff? <laughs> uh,
1: I've always liked uh, I've always liked Bomani Jones. I would catch him on uh like around the horn, and uh, pretty sharp, pretty intelligent guy. Absolutely. What um, what you're saying is so true. When did we all become such a bunch of babies? You know, guys at work will say, uh, "Hey, Dago," or "Hey, Watt i tell you now. You know, what I say that's pretty good, and I go about mm-hmm. my business. You know, you're yeah. horsing around with people. Be proud of what you are. Yeah, if you're yeah. a black guy, Indian guy, a white guy, whatever the hell you are, take it. I mean, it's 2016, man. Yeah. Whew. But you know you what? Too? At the those... same
0: time, at the same time, because you know, it's it's just it's 2016, and this is the the times we're sitting in. You always have to think of stuff like that. If one of the mics came on to the program wearing a shirt like that that said the Cleveland African-Americans with a black Chief Wahoo, where would we be today? You know what I'm saying?
2: Where Bomani
0: Jones is being held in a high stature for what he did, and I I agree with Bomani Jones absolutely 100%, and I love that he did this. You Mm -hmm. have to think if it was the other way around. It would be getting destroyed in the media right now, man. It would be get, he would, That person would probably end up losing, having their job taken from them by tonight. And and you know what? It's a damn shame. We should be able to talk about all of these things from every single aspect, from every single color, from every single angle, without everybody being completely ass hurt and insulted by it. But Bomani Jones, absolutely phenomenal man. Totally agree with what you did today, brother. I like it. All right, man, let's talk a little sports news real quick here before we'll be joined uh, by our guest, Mick, Mick James, and then we're going to play one of his uh, singles called Wake Up Dead and Gone, and then we're going to get to our interview with him, and then after that, play another single. So uh, former jazz coach Jerry Sloan, uh, news comes out, very sad news for Jerry Sloan. I've always absolutely loved this guy with Utah uh, battling Parkinson's and Louie Body Dementia, absolutely terrible Louie Body Dementia. If nobody really knows what that is, it's what supposedly – Uh, robin williams had and it was that pain from all of that that basically made him you know depressed and do what he did which was unfortunately kill himself so it's a very very uh you know painful thing to have um and you know not only did we hear that yesterday but there's also something floating around that michael j fox is also losing his battle with parkinson's disease so um you know thoughts and prayers with both jerry Sloan and michael j fox um absolutely terrible Oh, going to football. Jacksonville Jags quarterback Blake Bortles claims that the Jags have the top wide receiver duo in the NFL. Jeff, my question to you is, what kind of crap is Blake Bortles smoking?
1: I'm going to go the opposite way. I am a, uh, I'm a fan of this new age um, Jacksonville Jags team. I like Bortles. i got to tell you, man, uh, the Allens, Hearns and Robinson, uh, both had a good year. A uh, little injury to Hearns, kind of set him back a little bit, but if you want to look at duos around the league, and there are some good ones. Um, I'm not going to say Jacksonville is the best, but to say this is a very formidable group of wide receivers, a very formidable offense that's getting better. Um, I like the Jags this year as a whole. I like it. I like that Bortles is stepping up. Young guy, been in the league a couple of years, starting to establish a game, and, you know, he's not afraid to say, hey, I think we're pretty good. And uh, I like it. I like the Moxie, and, and I like those wide receivers.
0: Yeah. They're good. Don't get me wrong. I think the Jags are, I, I, I like what the Jags are doing, I like Blake Bortles a lot, and you know what, everybody's going to come out and say, hey, we got the best player, so I give that to him, but they're not the top duo in the NFL. Maybe next week we do that top five list, man, and we figure out between us <laughs> who we think is the Thanks. best wide receiving duo in the NFL.
1: I can tell you the worst, I can tell you the worst bad wide receiving group in the NFL, and that's. Uh... Right here in Philadelphia. You could bash me Eagles fans, but this team needs help at wide receiver.
0: Um, Eagles terrible, man. Jets get right, man. Fitzpatrick, man. Oh man, okay, man. Bryce Harper, he wants to make baseball fun again, and people are freaking out about his hat, man. Did you see the hat? And what do you think about it? Not- because honestly, I don't see a big deal about it.
1: Well, this guy is the uh he's the face of modern day baseball. You know, Bryce Harper Arguably the best player in the league. Um, So, i tell you what, man. In just an attempt to make baseball fun, as he says. Just just go with it. Let the guy have a little fun. Uh, They used to give Ken Griffey Jr. grief about uh, wearing his hat backwards. Again, people being too sensitive. I mean, the, the hat just says, you know, make baseball fun again. That's it. Ease up.
0: I agree with that, though. I think they should make baseball fun again because we just spoke about that uh, last week. It's boring.
1: Yeah, it's it's very it boring. Got him alive and love. And like I said, this is the guy who is becoming the face of the game right now. Him and Mike Trout are, you know, the two top names in baseball. He's not asking for a lot, and a lot of people think Harper's a jerk and whatever. Harper is a phenomenal ta- talent, and uh, he wants to be like the rock and roll star in, in a sport. And I, I say, give it a crack. Let him, uh, let's him hear some ideas. What could it hurt?
0: Oh, man. All right. We'll talk more baseball soon, man. It's just getting fresh for us here, man, on the scoop. So uh, before we go into the next topic, let's talk a little bit of uh, of uh, football real quick. Uh, excuse me, basketball. Uh, Suns reportedly are targeting Villanova head coach Jay Wright for the head coaching job. Do you think he stays in Nova, or do you think he goes to Phoenix?
1: I would like him to stay at Nova. Um, yesterday with Sixers GM Sam Hinkie stepping down, uh, there's people that are saying, might be a spot for Jay in Philadelphia as a head coach. Uh, so teams will go after him. He's going to get the offers. I never thought Billy Donovan would leave Florida, but he's in the NBA. And, you know, sometimes you just got to think of your family and your future and grab the money. So uh, I think Jay Wright's a great candidate, and I, I think he definitely considers it. I, I hope he doesn't take it.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens, because that's uh, coming down to a uh, conclusion real soon, the NBA season. And, of course, the offseason is going to be, a fun one in the National Basketball Association this uh, this uh, summer, so we're going to be talking about that a lot right here on the stoop. Um, Yard Barker put up a post today. Not sure what where the story came from. Oh, excuse me, Larry Brown Sports. The uh, it came from, which is a, a, a very reputable site. Known, known some of the writers there for a long time. Uh, in 2007, the Lakers and the Detroit Pistons agreed to a deal that would have sent Kobe Bryant to Detroit, which Bryant originally agreed to before reversing his decision at the 11th hour, going back to LA would have been Rip Hamilton, Rodney stuckey Jason Maxiel and a pair of first round picks. If Bryant signed off on the move, it would have put him with Chauncey Billups and Rashid Wallace in the Motor City. What do you think of that one, man?
1: That would have, that would have been uh pretty wild, but the, you know, Detroit really didn't have the big market bang that LA did and uh that's how it all started. Remember, he was drafted by Charlotte, didn't want to play there. There was no uh, glitz and glamour. So, I I just never see it happening. would have been wild. I mean, would have given Detroit a uh, a very different future. But uh, I could never see it playing out.
0: I don't know, man. You you know what? If you would have looked at their roster back then, they had Antonio McDyess coming off the bench. You had some real good uh, role players in Carlos Delfino, Amir Johnson. Aaron Aflalo was with them at the time. Keion Prince was still there, and so was Nazir Muhammad as well as Rasheed Wallace and Chauncey Billups running point. I don't know, man. That would have been, that would have been interesting, to say the least. Uh, what kind of team that would have been if uh, all and you know all you're really doing is taking out Stucky, Max Hill, and and um, and uh, Rip Hamilton, and That's you're throwing awesome. Kobe into the mix. I don't know, man. I think they could have won a championship or two, possibly.
1: Quite possibly, yeah. I mean, I think it would have really set the Lakers backwards, but. Uh... Yeah, Detroit could have definitely uh, made something of themselves.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, man. Uh, New York next time. New York Knicks supposedly are interested in keeping Kurt Rambis on as their head coach. <sighs> That's how I feel about <laughs> it. It's uh, yeah. Listen, man. Do I want Patrick Ewing as the head coach of the Knicks? No. For one reason. Being in New York is brutal to a former player of the team. If they start losing, it could diminish Ewing's legacy. But I believe they need a better coach than Kurt Rambis, a real coach that can actually coach this team and get them back. Um, just I like Kurt Rambis as an assistant. just don't think he's a fit for the head coaching job in New York. Agree or disagree?
1: Uh, I gotta kind of agree. I got a guy whose name, and I don't really know the contract situation, but uh, at the end of the year, obviously, uh, there's gonna be some changes in Oklahoma City. Um, so that team, it could be on the on the sink with the free agents moving. I, I think you bring back a, a New York kid there, Billy Donovan. Give him a chance at the mix. Uh, that, that sounds like a nice match. I don't know how you feel about Donovan, but I like the guy. I think Ooh, it's a nice I
0: match. I, I, I like Donovan. I just feel like with the roster the Knicks have, unless they somehow get rid of Mello, bring in a Durant, and bring in some other role players around that and make some changes, I don't think Billy Donovan would be a good fit for this current Knicks team right now. I don't think there's enough there for him. I like Donovan for a couple of the players. I like him for a Chris Daps Porzingis. I like him for even a Robin Lopez. Don't like him for Mello. Don't like him for Langston Galloway. Don't like him for Alan Flalo, Don't like him for a few of these players on this team. If you're bringing somebody like a Billy Donovan, got a clean house, man. And I don't think New York could go through another rebuild. I think the fans will just freak out, man.
1: I don't. I don't think there's any for Melo, really. The guys become too big in his head. I don't. I mean, unless you're bringing out Jim Beheim, <laughs> you know, his old college guy. I don't think there's a guy out there that really wants to tolerate Carmelo Anthony
0: you know and 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 it's not that Carmelo is a bad guy or a bad person on a team I really honest to god you look at what happened in Denver they always gave him good players he meshed well with them including Allen Iverson for that one season he comes in and look at the relationship between him and the rookie Kristaps Porzingis they were clicking well until Porzingis started to drop off a little bit and then Melo got injured I I still don't see Carmelo Anthony as the problem in New York with the Knicks. I see the constant influx of terrible role players that they bring into this team. There's still no point guard with this team. Um, They're still really not a good shooting guard. You can't really make Aaron O'Flau a starting shooting guard. He's not a starting shooting guard. And if you look at the bench, the role players at Dublin, there's no six-man on this team. And when they did start having some good games and some good wins... You know, Amari started getting injured. Jarrett Smith started being a douche. Uh, you know, they still had no point guard. You know, I, I I really don't think Carmelo Anthony is the problem. But then again, who knows? But we'll find out this offseason. Just hopefully Phil Jackson does the right thing. All right, real quick, man. Um, trailer for Rogue One, A Star Wars Story was released today. Did you get a chance to watch it?
1: Uh, yeah, I saw some of it. Um He's just trying to drown us out with Star Wars. I'm a massive Star Wars fan, so I'm one of them people anything that wears the Star Wars logo is worth a look at for me, but uh, I'm interested to see how it's uh, how it goes over.
0: Yeah, I'm excited. I actually, honest to God, and I'm probably going to get a lot of people killing me over this, I haven't seen Force Awakens yet. I'm going to see it this Saturday, because it's out now on Blu-ray, and that's what I'm looking forward to. Um, just had a baby, so we didn't have a chance to go to the movie theater, because can't go to the movie theater with a brand new baby, but... Um, from the trailers alone, I feel like Rogue One looks better than Force Awakens. Really? That's not only because my man Donnie Yen is in this movie and he was kicking some ass with a lightsaber staff, which looked damn awesome. Um, it's it, I just, I don't know. The older costumes, the older feel of it, I just really like the trailer. I, I, I really want to see this movie when it comes out in December. So we'll see how that goes, man. All right. Andrew Dice Clay is back, my friend. The Dice Man is back with a, old, with a brand new show on Showtime called Dice. Are you going to watch it? Are you looking forward to it? Because, man, it's Andrew Dice Clay, dude.
1: I am so excited. Uh, I'm going to be parked this Sunday. Sunday night's my TV night. Like everybody knows, we talked about I was uh, big in the Shameless, and that's now taking its hiatus, as we all love. Uh, so, yeah, I'm ready for Dice. Uh, Sunday night's a great time for it. It looks funny. Kind of looks like he's poking fun of himself a lot. It should be it's funny as I'm, hell. I'm excited for it.
0: Yeah, I, I man, I love Andrew Dice Clay. And uh, the to know that he's coming back on TV, I'm excited, man. I can't wait to watch it. All right, man. We're going to be joined by our guest, Mick James, in just a minute. But before we join with him, we're going to play one of his singles. And it's called Wake Up, Dead and Gone. So, listen to the song, it's a kick-ass song, and then stay with us, because the singer of that song, Mick James, is going to join us. We'll be back in about three minutes.
3: Where are my actual friends? My cousins? My uncles? My mother didn't even go up to
2: the casket, casket, casket.
0: That's Wake Up Dead and Gone by our guest, Mick yeah. James, who's joining us right now. What's going on, Mick?
3: wrong? Hey, how you doing? Can you hear me?
0: We hear you fine, man. How's it going, man? It's going great. I'm hanging in there. How's everything going with you guys? Awesome. We're doing great, man. Thanks for uh, joining us tonight. We just got done listening to Wake Up Dead and Gone. Love it. Absolutely love it, man. It's hard. It's gritty. Just kicks total ass, man. Um let's jump right into it. Uh, your latest CD, which came out uh, a couple of years ago, Mick James is dead. It's the soundtrack to a movie with the same title. Mick James is dead. What's the movie all about? Man?
3: Yes, this is true. Uh, I can't give it all away, but it's, it's definitely about a, uh, bad boy rock and roller. It's not a, it's not a autobiography, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, um, it's about a guy who, um, you know, he finds himself in a, in a very peculiar situation. He's dead. And, um, he finds out what happens uh in the afterlife and uh it kind of takes place there so it's a very interesting story and um you know that's how the movie starts he he ends up uh if you 've seen the video at all he's basically yeah. uh late for a show he's doing a little too much partying he's missing sound check he's racing around in his car and next thing you know he's uh finds himself dead and uh and then the movie starts and it's uh it's interesting it's very interesting and the album itself kind of takes um a little bit of the story in each song all the way down from beginning to end and um, tells a vague version of the story if you will and the live show does the same
0: awesome awesome yeah we're watching the video a little bit earlier when does the movie come out
3: well it's been very hard to actually get the movie going because I'm looking to really get some some high powered stars and music stars that is not not necessarily actors and um, it, you really need like a lot of budget and a lot of other things going on so we're not pushing that so far. We're looking for other ways to get it out there before okay. the actual movie comes out. But, um, you know, it's it's just takes longer. It's unfortunate. Like, the music happens a lot quicker. Movies definitely take a lot longer, and I'm a very impatient kind of guy. So I'm already recording another CD while waiting for that one to uh, take flight, if you will.
0: <laughs> yeah, and we're just going to actually jump right into that and ask you about your new album, uh, what's going on with that. You know, is it still, you're still just recording? Is it far out from being released? What's going on?
3: Well, it's definitely far out from being released, but not really. It's, it's a little bit of a different thing um, due to the fact that it's been two years since I put out a CD. And again, the movie end of it is taking so long. And also the, the live show is, is uh, getting put together and touring. is getting put together and all that kind of stuff.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
3: I wanted to put something together a lot quicker. So what I opted to do for this next CD is do a half cover CD, half original so what I'm doing is taking, uh, remaking a bunch of songs and doing them in my very own special way with my very own lovely voice and guitar playing <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and
3: uh, taking it from there. I'm not going to give away what songs, but there's going to be some, some very cool different things that people wouldn't necessarily see me doing, but I'm going to be doing them in my own way and um, very, very cool what's happening so far. It's coming together very quickly. I hope to get it all out within the next like two, three months and um it's really really coming out even better than I had, I thought it would. I I thought it was a cool idea but when I started recording some of the stuff it was just just uh, amazing. It's coming out so cool. Very very, very proud nice. of it so far.
0: Very nice. Yeah, it sounds exciting. Um for for the listeners listening I mean there's a lot of your fans listening right now. Uh you got tons and tons of followers on Twitter. We've been promoting the show all day today and yesterday. Nice. Uh so for the fans and the listeners that or listening to the show on, a, on an everyday basis that don't know you, uh, I'll just throw a few of these things out and then, uh, you know, just ask you a little bit about it. Um, you, you know, you did the, the Mind Freak theme song for Chris Angel's Mind Freak. You did that yeah. uh, along with Jonathan Davis from Corn. You did uh, music for uh, Jets games on CBS, for MTV. You did stuff for WWE. Um, you know, besides, besides Mind Freak, uh, what else would people know you from that they could say, oh, yeah, I know that song?
3: Well, that's the funny thing about it um you know, not only did I do the mind for the theme, I also did all six seasons of his his show
2: uh mm-hmm.
3: his vegas show uh in, you know his Vegas show ran for about i don't know eight eight to ten years, whatever it's been um I've been doing his music for thirteen years so so everything Chris Angel you're here eighty percent of it's me um and then you got you know uh, there's so many other things, but that's the funny part of it. You wouldn't know it's me because it's mostly on t v shows. Like when you watch that metal show per se. Mm. Uh, and Sebastian comes walking out, Sebastian Bach comes walking out onto the show. That's my music behind him. Oh, so nice. stuff like that. I I placed on the Alice Cooper show, Jack Wild, Ace Freely, I mean it goes on and on, like so many so many of those shows. And mm. then, you know, you could be watching a football game and you know, during commercial or during uh you know, in and out of commercial or during the when when the announcers are talking, they're always playing my stuff on, on uh Marshall Madness basketball and it's so many it goes on and on and on. I mean, I've been on I, my place of music. I literally am like throughout so every network out there. Mm-hmm. So that's the funny thing that people wouldn't know it's me.
2: <laughs>
3: yeah, well, I mean, most- it's
0: funny because you know, just you know, reading the list of some of the stuff that you've done, and, you know, you look at the that metal show and you look at the stuff with Chris Angel. Okay, that fits the whole Mick James look and persona. But then you look at stuff like. um, Mel B, it's a scary world. The Oprah Winfrey yes. Show, Powerpuff Girls, Home Depot commercials, the Tyra Banks show, and it's like, wait, what?
3: Well, the reason yeah. the reason that is, the reason that happens is because I'm a songwriter, so I don't just what I do for me personally is mm-hmm. is very heavy hard rock stuff. Um, but I also I'm a producer and a songwriter, so I write music for anybody who you know contacts me. I've done country stuff. I've done. Pop stuff. I do. i work with a female artist out of uh, Canada right now. It's really, really cool. A girl named Jenny James. Who's who's uh, we're working on. Who's who's a pop rocker. It's just, she's very different from what I do. But I do all these other kinds of music. And then and then also my stuff's in well, some companies I work with. They they give my stuff to networks and networks just picks what pick what they want to use. So my music's been on like secretly pregnant. You know I've never even seen the show. Being <laughs> Liverpool. Ice Road <laughs> truckers. I mean, it goes on and on and on. It's like, I've never even seen these shows, but they, they take my music. They use it behind, the, uh, you know, behind the, uh, shows. Yeah. And, um, you know, some of it, and it's all genres. I mean, it's not just rock stuff. It could be anything. There's world music. There's, I mean, mm-hmm. like, like easy listening stuff But it. there's a side so written like thousands of songs. So, mm-hmm. you know, I just have this huge catalog people pick from. and um, you know that's how it works, so it's it's kind of funny. Yes, I mean, I, I <laughs> I'm, again, I've never seen any of these shows. I never watched. I mean, Beverly Hills, Housewives of Beverly Hills. I could promise you I've never <laughs> watched that show before, <laughs> but my music is on it. You know, so this it is kind of weird. But, yeah. So um,
0: tonight we can find Mick James sitting on his couch watching Secretly Pregnant. I just. <laughs> <laughs> I, know. I know.
3: Unfortunately, you won't. And, and the thing that sucks about it is, I you know. Not only have I never seen the shows, I, I, you know, I wouldn't even know when to watch them. So I never really get to hear that stuff that's actually being played that they're using of mine. The only reason I know about it is because I get a check for it, of course. So, yeah. You know, your royalties. Well, You so can nice. go,
2: oh, wow, look, I've been on Oprah. <laughs> so that's kind of cool, you know. <laughs> I love that show. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you know what? One of the things on the list that I, I want to ask you, if you know or you don't know, uh, it says you did some stuff for the WWE Do you know what actually picked and played on there?
2: Well, a
3: lot of times what happens is, with the WWE especially, and I believe it was one of the other shows I mentioned, I can't remember what one, it's it's a Chris Angel appearance. He'll appear on WWE, and they'll play Mindfreak when he comes walking in. And they'll also play some of his other stuff that I've done for him during the shows. So that's how, like, my music has been placed on TV while Chris Angel happens to be making an appearance. Some, Some of that stuff has happened. Uh, sure. that's not not for the most part with the TV shows, but on occasions that has happened. Like yeah. he's done some weird, I forget what it was. It might have been CSI Miami. I think he was actually on the show and they mm-hmm. used a bunch of my stuff uh, behind it when he was on the show acting. So like, you know, th- that's just another way that I've placed music. But, you know, the Chris Angel thing was the beginning of it all and then it, it kind of swirled into all these other things and, and all these other things outside of that. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's gotten crazy. It's, it's very cool though. You know, it's a, I, I'm just blessed to be doing nothing but music, um, you know, between playing in bands, um, you know, writing music for people, placing music on TV shows and, and that kind of thing. It's, I've been uh, very lucky that uh, I haven't, I haven't picked up a hammer in, in about 15 years. I'm very, I'm very happy. <laughs>
0: That's awesome. Now, if you can make a career out of what you love, that's. I mean, that's yeah. that's what we're trying to do here with this radio program. This is what we love. we no that. Like to make no a career doubt. out of, so we get that. Um, you know, just looking at some of the people that you've been around and uh, people that you've recorded with and worked with. Um, let's go back, you know, years ago to your past. Who were some of your influences uh, on the rock scene that, you know, maybe when you were a kid or a teenager, you were listening to them and said, wow, that's, that's what I want to do. That's how I want to sound. This is what I want to do for, you know, for a living.
3: Well, it's kind of funny. I mean, I've, I've been in a lot of different types of bands over the years, but it's always been in my heart um, mm-hmm. and very influenced doing what I'm doing now. It's always been the theatrical Rockers. I mean, I, I loved Led Zeppelin, was a definite influence. The Beatles, I mean, to this day are still such an influence to anybody and everybody. Even I have 10 year old kids, and they love the Beatles. I mean, you know, it's just a, a timeless, never ending thing. But, I mean, it's always been the theatrical rock guys that have turned me on and made me want to pick up instruments like the Alice Coopers, David Bowie, um, Kiss. People like that were the ones that made me want to pick up a guitar uh, and actually were very, very instrumental in wanting. Me to do what I'm doing now, which is not only playing like a character, because everyone has known me as Mickey James, but for yeah. the character to become Mick James. Mick James is the the prick rock star, who's the you know bad boy partying, having a too, way too good of a time kind of guy. Not that I haven't been that way in my in my past as a younger yeah. guy, but mm-hmm. you know um, you know you you live and you learn. You can't you can't keep that up without ending up like in a real coffin. And um, you know, bottom line is that uh, you know it's it's playing a character. And that that's really the David Bowie who, who, you know, he was Aladdin Sane one minute, then he's Major Tom, then he's, you know, Ziggy Stardust. He's he's all these different people. And Alice yeah. Cooper doing the same kind of thing. That was just very much like a very big influence. And um, keeping the whole Mick James' is Dead story in mind, when I was writing it and I was thinking that I very much had Alice Cooper in my mind uh, <laughs> because he did have a lot of concept records and things like that. And, um, you know, I'd like to think that I'm not robbing what he's doing, but being influenced by it and kind of like, um, he showed us the way, uh, to really do that kind of stuff. Cause there's a lot of theatrical guys out there that, that are mm. doing theatrical, but they're not really putting it together in such a way. Um, which, which I feel I'm a little separate from these other guys is, you know, which I'm telling a story, I'm doing things for a reason. You know, these guys are in the coffin and they go, Oh, I'm in a coffin. It doesn't mean anything. I, I'm doing it for a reason. It's part of the storyline. It's part of the, um, you know, the imagery of the of what's happening in the story and and the, the script and and whatnot. So there's like a reason for everything I'm doing. I'm not just, you know, grabbing a chicken on stage. And, hey, I have a chicken on stage. It's not, <laughs> yeah. I don't do that. But I'm just saying that I don't. I'm not, there's a lot of guys who just do that. They think because yeah. they, they bring a prop on stage that they're 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 Alice Cooperish, and uh, you know it's not the case. <laughs> so, yeah.
0: Just, well, I mean, I mean seriously, who could do it better than Alice Cooper? I really don't think you know much anybody. Really, much- his, his yeah, props alone are just insane.
3: He's just, you know, he's one of those guys. He's really influenced everybody. I mean, I know a lot of people think, like, Kiss started it. Like, they really didn't. Alice Cooper was the first guy out there um, who was just the first shock rocker and did at these crazy things. And, you know, everybody followed. Everybody, you know, who, who does that kind of thing, like, a know, you younger kids will be like, oh, he's so original. Well, like, he is to a degree. I mean, he's definitely did some different things. Um, oh, yeah. But, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's a genius in his own right and does his own thing, and that's cool. But Alice Cooper was the guy that really started the genre and really kind of, like, influenced everybody who does it to do it. Oh, yeah. And and it's funny, too, because people ask me what my music actually sounds like, and it, it's very in the same vein of a rock Zombie in a sense. It's got electronics in it. It's very funky in a sense. Uh, it's very uh, dark and, and the whole thing, but I'm not influenced by Rob Zombie at all. I think we both listened to the same people growing up.
1: You know, mm-hmm. which is
3: funny and cool. Absolutely. And I and I, I, I love his stuff, but I don't even know the Rob Zombie album, so it's not. <laughs> and I think he's great. Everything I've ever heard from him, I think is. Uh, I love what he does. I haven't yet to see him live. I hear the show is amazing, um, and he's definitely you know he's uh, he's a he's just a you know great artist that people love. But it's just it's just funny because people say, oh, you like Rob Zombie, like, oh, really not like Rob Zombie. But I think we both kind of grew up listening to the same same people, which, again, I would have to believe is Alice Cooper, David Bowie, Kiss and, and so on.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know? I mean, you know what? Even if you probably spoke to, you know, the Guars and the slipknots, I'm sure everybody turns sure. around and says, oh, yeah, you know what? We, we We were highly influenced and impressed by Alice Cooper. And we said, what can oh, no, we no. do? Oh yeah, there's there, there's there's no question about it. But it's just cool to see that whole you know shock rock still just so strong today, man. And everybody trying to do their own you know thing with it. So it's really cool, you no know, death, just looking no at death. some of your pictures. And like you said before, we were talking uh, earlier on Facebook. You know, you're you're laying up in, a, in the coffin and you're on an embalming table just minutes after a dead body was actually on it. True story. Um, yes. Which I, I I just thing. I just told Jeff about that and he said what? Hell no. <laughs> The,
3: the whole story is basically, and the funny thing is, people would assume I'm a horror buff and that I'm I'm into all this these kind of things, and, and that's not the case at all. I'm not a horror buff, <laughs> I'm not, you know. But I mean, it was it, the, the story warranted it. Um, I was lucky enough to contact um, a funeral home, a funeral director from the neighborhood i had grown up in, who lived across the street from me as a kid growing up. I hadn't seen him for years. I mean, we haven't seen you know a little kid. And called there and said, you know, you asked for the father and turned out that the daughter answered, who was my age, and I yeah. knew and grew up with. And I said, I said, hey, well, you know, could we come in and film? And she was like, oh yeah, no problem at all. And she set us up with a real coffin in in, in the actual room, um, and you know, with flowers and the whole thing, and set it up just like as if somebody was really dead, and wow. chairs and the whole nine yards. And we filmed, and we we uh, you know got some a bunch of pictures and stuff like that. And then out of nowhere, she just said would you like to go in the embalming table? And I said, yeah, sure. And, you know, it sounds fun. I, I did not thinking anything of it. Did we go down in the basement, and it's the creepiest thing you'll ever see. You see the tools they use to, like, stitch dead bodies up and cut them open. And oh, your, yeah. the embalming oh, no. table itself is creepy as hell because it's on an incline from, from yeah. head down. So it's like mm-hmm. a little hole at the bottom when they drain your fluids. I mean, the whole thing is, is really creepy and crazy. <laughs> and she you know, she told me, you know, just give us a few minutes. We'll get the, with the body on it. And then we can go down there. It's was like, "Oh my God!" They cleaned it up, and the, and the the craziest part of it. And I was laying on this thing in my <laughs> underwear, which was cr- insane. And then um, the craziest thing was there was a a body bag there. And so one of the photographers said, "Hey, you know, why don't you get in the body bag?" "Oh, it's a great idea. We're gonna like leave it a little bit open so you can see my face in this bag." I go to get in it, and I look, and there's there's a, a name on it, and I and I, oh. and I look inside it, and there's fluids in it. And I said. Wait a second, oh. this thing's like used. I said, I can't get in this thing. It's like, again, I'm in my underwear. I'm not getting in this thing. So then I, I said to the funeral director, I go, do you have any you know, new body bags? This one's like used. She's like, Mickey, well, we don't have body bags. There are people come here in body bags. And I said, oh, my God, I almost got into this thing, zipped it up. Oh, man. <laughs> but the, oh. the funniest twist of the whole story was. The entire time I was laying in the coffin, which, by the way, was very comfortable. (laughs) It it (laughs) wasn't a bad thing. Um, The entire time was freaking me out was, that's the funeral home they're going to bring me to when I actually do die. So I was there a little early being dead and, and, you know, and looking dead with makeup on and seeing photos of me in this thing. And to this day, my mother writes me every day on Facebook, Mickey, please take the photos of you in the coffin down. Please, please. I'm like, Mom. It's just showbiz, <laughs> I mean, I don't oh, man. You know, it's like freaking, but, but that's the that's the the whole. You know, it it comes down to look. If you if you believe in what you're doing, you're you're believing in what's happening and what you're doing, and you're, and you're you know you believe it's going to take off. You do, what you do. Like even like my hand, a lot of people just think it's a, a fake tattoo. It says dead on my right hand because my image from the day in my mind of this whole project was to have me standing as a dead guy who just got into an accident and it said, Vic James is, and my fist was out saying dead. So this is a real tattoo. This is like, I go to parent-teacher night with my kid, my my kids, and the teachers look at me like I'm freaking insane. Like you're their father. <laughs> you
2: <know? laughs> and
3: uh, yeah, it's, it's it's interesting, but but um, it's all for the love of the project. And, and again, you got to believe it. It's, there's no being in fake in, in show business in my eyes. People who are, whether it's show business, music, or whatever, if you're not real about what you're doing, people aren't going to believe it. If you don't believe it, and that's just that's just you know how I roll. And, you know, that's it
0: yeah that's crazy man well at least you know it's a nice comfy funeral home now for when you're there this in the it's very true
3: so. I gotta tell you coffins are very very comfortable I'm not kidding <laughs> I
0: mean hey you know it has to be you gonna be in it for the rest of your uh, you know in, <laughs> eternal life there so that's, that's insane um I know you're busy, but before we let you go, um, I, I have to ask you this because, um, you know, we spoke to uh, Dan Gutchman from Adrenaline. We spoke to Jessica from Psycha and you know, so, so many other people. Um, you know, we love the instruments that are played on the rock and metal scene. So what was it like to design your own signature series of guitars? And I believe that's for uh, Carparelli Guitars. I, I mean, what's it like to hold a guitar knowing that, you know what, this is? this is my signature series?
3: Well, you know, it was, it was a very weird thing because I was initially, uh, I mean, now on my CDs, um, on my first CD and in, in current CDs I'm working on now and whatnot, and even projects I do for people, I, I play like all the instruments except for the drums, which I can play drums, but I'm not really that good yet. I'm still kind of working on that, so I don't spite a project to, uh, you know, stroke my ego and say, hey, I played everything, but I, I do play everything, but I'm originally a bass player. So what had happened was I started playing guitar because of the whole Chris Angel thing. He basically said to me um you know uh, we, i said look we need to bring in the guitar player he said he said no no no, no. why don't you just do it I, I said all right if you want me to i'm not that good but i'll do it and i, I continued to play guitar and, and actually became a guitar player working on the hundred and you know 80 pieces of music that i've done for him over the last 13 14 years mm-hmm. so i've become somewhat of a guitar player i don't play um conventional and i play seven-string guitars and i play very different and what happened was when I started to kind of get good and the show started to get successful around season two, it became evident to me that I, I was using this this uh, Fender Squire, which is like a, you know, a cheap Fender. That was a seven string. Somebody you sold me, a friend of mine, for 200 bucks. And I said, yeah, you know, I really need a real guitar. I mean, if I'm going to be playing guitar, and, I, and people were asking me to make appearances on this stuff, and I said, I really got to get one made. And I was about to go with a big company uh, as far as an, an endorsement, and they kept approaching me, and I... I said, yeah, great. And then all of a sudden, Mister Mike Carparelli out of Canada kept writing me and saying, Mickey, I want to endorse you. And I said, well, you know, I'm kind of going with this other company. No, no, no. What do you want? What do you want? We're going to take care of you. What do you need? What do you need? And I said, well, the big company ain't going to take care of me the way I want them to. Can you make my own? Can I design my own guitars? And they were like, sure, you know, we'd love to do that. Um, and what else do you want? And I said, well, um, I'd like, I'd like, you know, to be able to sell them. And they said, yes, if it comes out great. And I said. I want two of them. And they said, no, no problem. <laughs> so they made me the first two guitars, the, the uh, photo, uh, what do you call them? Prototypes. Yeah. And I got to tell you from the drawings I did, at first I drew some things. I put it in Photoshop or something messing around with it, trying to make it look like different than any other guitar I've ever seen, which of course was like reinventing in real, but it is very original, very different. And when I was done with it, I thought it looked amazing, but actually getting the guitar. Uh, it was funny because it, in Canada, it snows more than it does here in New York, which is a miracle because God only knows how much it snows here. And um, it, uh, what happened was he he kept trying to ship me the guitar, but he couldn't ship it because of the snow. They wouldn't, they wouldn't send planes out. So he said, look, I said, you know, he said, I'm going to be shipping it this particular week. And I said, I'm not going to be here. I'm going to be in Vegas at uh, a Chris Angel event. So he said, um, I'll tell you what, how about I fly out and I'll meet you there. So he physically came and flew out to Vegas from Canada wow. to meet me, to give it to me, <laughs> the first one That's that was cool. made. And it was, it, it was amazing. It was just like seeing it for the first time. And I actually have photos of me picking up and playing it for the first time and having my name on it and having this, this thing I created. And, you know, we started filling a bunch of them. And, and um, it was just really, really an, an amazing experience. And, you know, um, it's definitely part of my signature. It's become my logo. and It's become a, a bunch of other stuff, a very big significant in the movie as well because I have pendants that are made in the same shape of mm-hmm, the guitar, mm-hmm. and they're actually part of the storyline. A bunch of fans have been buying them, and um, it's it's been amazing. They don't even know what the significance is in the movie yet until they see it. So
0: it's, it's been cool. It's really, really cool. Very, very nice, man. That's awesome. Um, real quick, before we let you go, we love to put our guests on the hot seat. We do okay. a top five list <laughs> here, and tonight we did our top five favorite. Now, this is your favorite doesn't have to be Cookie Cutter and, oh, yeah, these are the best ones ever, but your top five favorite rock and metal drummers from five to one. Go for it, man. Mm, five
3: drummers. I don't know about metal because metal is very broad. I'd have to go to a, a brighter, uh, wider spectrum. That's I fine. think the, ult- the ultimate drummer of all time is John Bottom to me. I mean, it's just he's just a consummate, ridiculous, huge-sounding mm. uh, drummer that just plays shit that... Those people's minds number two which a lot of people would argue would be number one of course Neil Peart or Pierce however you want to say it is is an incredible retarded drummer um, let's see number three that's a little tougher there's definitely so many great guys out there I think uh, Mickey Date is a great amazing drummer I think I saw him yeah. play with uh, I forget what band he was in when he first I seen him in a club and I was absolutely blown away it was a band I wasn't even that into I forget which one it was but he was outstanding. And I see him all the time in NAMM, too. And he's just this little guy. <laughs> but He's he's amazing.
0: Uh, I think that was, was that King Diamond he was with, right, in the early 80s? I
3: don't, it wasn't King Diamond. It was somebody else. It was uh, maybe in the 90s. Um, I haven't seen him again since then. I've seen him with Motorhead, I believe. And but Hocken,
0: I know he was with. King Diamond, Halloween, I know he was with. Uh, there's, there's
3: another band. I it, can't remember. It's a real it hardcore was, band. Nah.
0: Mm, Motorhead? I can't.
3: It'll, it, it wasn't Motorhead, I seen him with them later, but he's just he's just fantastic um very to see another there's so many great drummers out there I'm trying to think uh I think the guy I, I don't even know his name well I think um the guy from uh tool or a perfect uh what's his name uh Carrie Jim Carrey, no, no uh, it was the, it. Jim, oh david, david Carrey, Carrey. Yep. David, david Freaking ridiculous. He's up there. I don't know if he's, he's four, three, or two, or he's, he's really good though.
2: And, and let's
3: see, let's see who else we got. Who else would I want to give props to? It's just so outstanding. I have to think about this. I'll have to go with something very basic and old school. But I think that Bruno Sar was an incredible drummer. Didn't get his uh, his due because he played very simply, but he was always played the right part for the song. And I, I'd have to give him the the nod. Awesome.
0: Awesome, great list. Jeff's top five, and he had a, a tie at number five, is Tony Thompson, David Carey, Mitch Mitchell, Michael Lee, Keith Moon, and you and Jeff shared number one at John Bonham. Me, I went completely different. Very underrated, number five, Sheila E., Shannon Larkin, Nico McBrain, Dave Lombardo, and Neil Peart. My number one. So your number one and number two are both. Uh, you our know number
3: what? I, I I gotta say the the uh, what's his name? Um, uh, the guy in the, is Shannon uh, Larkin. What what band's he in? Godsmack. Smacked, he's great. There's another great drummer, uh, the guy in... uh oh, man, I'm so bad with names. I can't think off the top of my head. Um, the guy, uh, what the hell is his name? Um, the, the, the Leto guy, the guy. What's, what's his name? Uh, Jared Leto. Brother, oh, Jared. His Jared brother in, in. I don't know his name, but uh, his brother in, in the band they do is a, an incredible drummer. You guys have never seen James the. Um, no. j- yes, he's amazing. Yep. Um, if you ever thirty see seconds
0: him, to Mars, that's what it is. Thirty seconds
3: thinking. to Mars. There you go. Yeah. If you ever see, uh, they, they have a documentary I call Artifact. Have you guys ever watched that? No. no if
0: never you get a chance, it.
3: check it out. It's about, It's about the music industry. How sad. How sad the music industry is really. And I gotta tell you, when I was watching him play in his studio, he was freaking fantastic. Oh, okay, wait. I gotta change my list. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm gonna have to bump somebody. I'm gonna have to put David Grohl up there as one of the all time five. He is. He's. Ridiculous! Oh, I Dave
2: Grohl. He yeah.
3: He's just retarded. He's 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 such a great drummer. But that you know that's a, that's a hard list to do because you only get five. So.
2: <laughs>
0: well, yeah. I mean, and listen. That's... When when we go through it, and Jeff can tell you right now, we we have a tough time because you know even for that, you know you can go with, uh, you know the Mike Portnoy's, You can go with the yeah, Ginger Bakers. of course. Bakers. I mean, hell, as a as a drummer, you can even throw Phil Collins on the list. Phil Collins is a oh, no out doubt, out
3: Georgia, no so. doubt.
0: So, oh. Which and I told Joey I Jordan. Yeah. Oh God, God. yeah, yeah. There are so many people that are, you know, what if you look at them now, like a Dave Grohl, who's, you know, playing a guitar and he's up there lead singing. He started out as a drummer. Yeah. You got Carmine Armin Apices and the Roger Taylors and. No
3: doubt, no doubt.
0: And yeah, yeah, I had it's Yeah,
3: I don't know if uh, you guys are aware on my CD itself, I had the pleasure of working with somebody who's a very good friend of mine, Bobby Rondinelli.
2: Oh. He played, he,
3: he's yeah, he's played with everybody, and I got to tell you. There's a reason he's played with everybody. He comes in the studio. He sits on the drums. A guy could be playing on the drums, and two minutes later, he'll sit down on them, and it sounds like a completely different drum kit. He is one of the most fantastic, tightest, uh, sonically-sounding drummers that I've I just ever heard before. He's just so so incredible when he gets on a kit. And I've seen him even a damn play, play on uh, 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 I, I, what they did was they had this kit that you could take the pieces off while you were playing. It was a weird thing. He did uh, a little display mm-hmm. and the drums were tiny and he, they sounded like thunder when he was playing. I mean, he's just got this this feel that's amazing. He's, he's truly a gifted guy.
0: And there you and, uh, go, one uh, of the most underrated drummers probably too. He doesn't get enough love.
3: There's Well, you know what it is? He's been a hired gun for the most part so he hasn't yeah. necessarily been in the band that was huge but he's been in everybody from Black Sabbath to, you know, Ballista Cult and the Scorpions. A lot of people don't know he's actually the guy that played on Love It First Thing um, and never got a credit because the drummer mm-hmm. was in rehab. He actually played on the record. That's him playing it. Nobody knows, knows, nope. knows that. But he, he's that, you know, that good that they kept him on. But, they, you know, I guess the they drummer was in rehab and they didn't want to uh, rock any boats and he got paid and whatever, whatever. But um, yeah. he, he's certainly one of those uh, super solid drummers that there's just, you know, Above average. Right. Uh, above Boy, he's a legend, that guy. Oh, he's a legend. I, mean, yeah. I
0: remember what he played in the first couple of Rainbow albums. I know he played with Quiet yeah, Riot for exactly. a little bit. I mean, he's, he's phenomenal. So that that's you get, right there, man. That's amazing that you got to do something with him. That's no freaking doubt. awesome, man.
3: No doubt. All right, Mick, that. dude.
0: Uh, seriously, man. Thanks, oh,
3: before we go, can I, can I just – um, I wanted to tell everybody out there who's listening who doesn't know me. Um, by all means, you can find my CD, Mick James is Dead, in a, ver- a variety of forms. Um, if you find me on my, if you go to Mick James on Facebook, you'll, you'll see a crazy looking guy. <laughs> That's me. There's like a lot of Mick James, <laughs> but none of them look like me. Um, and you could find my, my, uh, you know, my merch. You can go to iTunes or, 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 you know, Spotify or any of these places and find Mick James is dead. Is a CD. You can Google Mick James is dead. You can find it. Uh, that way you can buy a hard copy from my site or just download it from, from one of these, uh, you know, retailers. Um, and, and also, you know, I have a store out there, um, and, and all the addresses. If you just find me on Facebook, you'll find everything. It's called, or even my Twitter. Um, yeah. You know, it's at, at Mick James Bitch, which of course is a uh, you know a, a Rick James reference. <laughs> and and um, you know, there's a, that's the a way to find me, and you can find uh, what's going on. And, and again, uh, real shortly, we're hoping to get some uh, real tour dates um, in Europe awesome. and, and Mexico. Is being talked about in a couple of other places. So we're looking. And where are you guys located, by the way?
0: Wow, I'm originally from New York. I'm now in Philly, and so is uh, Jeff.
3: Oh, so you guys, right now you're in Philly? Yes. Yes. So we're working on definitely getting out there. So hopefully we'll see you out there.
0: That'd be great, man. We would absolutely love that. And we'll definitely put up your links, your Twitter, your album, everything on our Facebook and our Twitter page as well for everybody. So we got you covered there, man.
3: Sounds good, man. had a great time, Jonathan. Thank you, guys.
0: Thanks thanks so much, Mick. We'll get with you soon when you release your movie or when you release the next album. We want you back here, man.
3: Great! And what are you What are you gonna play now?
0: We're gonna play um, t- 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 "Speeding Like a Fiend."
3: Awesome! Oh, well, this is the song that kicks off the uh, the CD. So, uh, awesome. if anybody hasn't seen it, you guys go check out the video. Very cool, very entertaining. And um, I'll talk to you soon, my friend.
1: Thanks
0: so much, Mike. Have a good one, brother. So long. Take care. And that was Mick James, man. Awesome dude. Awesome dude. He's done so much in the world of rock. Uh, his his music's great. Really cool dude. Uh, so real quick, um, let's play his next single. What do you think, Jeff? Man, you ready for some uh, good music?
1: I'm definitely definitely ready for more. Great stuff.
0: Awesome stuff. All right. All right. So this is "Speeding Like a Fiend" by Mick James. And a little tidbit of information for you, if you're a a, a, a Skid Row guy. Or, uh, you you know, he played for Anthrax for a little bit. Uh, Dave Snake's Savo's on this, man. So this is a great, great song. So check and listen, and we'll be back in about three minutes. man speeding like a fiend by our friend and guest that just left us mick james you can check him out on twitter mick james bitch or you can check out our facebook and twitter a little later we're going to put up links to his uh facebook page his twitter page uh his actual website where you can buy his cd mick james is dead really really cool guy man really good stuff jeff
1: great stuff love it
0: Cool stuff. Cool, cool stuff, cool stories. I mean, man, you know, just the guys that he's already collaborated with, man. He, he You know, just that alone, it's like, oh, what a great career, man. But he's he's, he's getting bigger and, and, and better, and, you know, now he's got a movie coming out. He's working on a new album. Really cool stuff, man. We got we got to go see him if he comes to Philly, man.
1: Absolutely. Got a lot of people to visit when they get here, so I'm excited.
0: Oh man, we got uh what, what we got? We got adrenaline when they come here, we got psycho when they come here. We now have um Mick James when he comes here, Ed Roman's coming, we're gonna get to hang out with him, man. We, we gotta get some good people, man. Good, good people. Uh, another great show in the books right here tonight on the stoop. Um once again, thanks Mick James for joining us, and hopefully we can get him back in the very, very near future, because I'm sure he's got a lot more stories we'd love to listen to. Um, April eighteenth. Not next Monday, but the following Monday. Really cool show. And we're going global with that show as Lilith from the rock band Lilith and the Night is going to be calling in from London, England, man. That is going to be such a kick-ass show, man. What do you think?
1: I'm excited. She is, um, She's hot. The music's great. Um, the British accent, man. I'm excited. I can't wait for that show. It's going to be awesome. Can't wait to uh, visit another country with our show.
0: Absolutely, man. We're 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 trying to go global, man. We're we're national. We're we're near one million listens of this show. It's one it's the, one of the reasons why we're one of the hottest shows on Blog Talk Radio. We like to bring the guests that we know you want to hear from, not just the ones that we want to hear from. Um, so yeah, and we also want to thank um, you know the managers and uh, the assistants. And all the people that reach out to us saying, hey, we'd love to get our talent on your radio show. And we so welcome that. And you can get in touch with us via our Twitter, The Stoop Radio 1. You can get in touch with me personally on my Twitter at JRagus S-C-L. Or you can go to The Stoop on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash stoop radio. Write us a message. We'd love to have you guys. It doesn't have to be a musician. If you're an actor or an actress or an athlete or you know what you think you have a great event going on, reach out to us, man. We're a little bit of everything here. We're not just music, even though we've been very music heavy as of late, Jeff. We just we're we're not just music. We're everything. We love to talk movies, music, uh, you know, sports, whatever you name it. Life, parenting, the stoop is a little bit of everything. And it's National Beard Day, Jeff. But you didn't talk about beer as much, especially vagina beer. Yeah,
2: you know.
1: Yeah, vagina beer. It's that special kind of day. Uh, Two birds and one stone. Now, uh, I'm drinking. Remember, you're having a little uh, Bill's 2 Hearted Ale. I'm a beer fan, so I'm drinking it up and enjoying National Beer Day. Uh, Enjoyed Mick James. Enjoyed the stoop. And this is all about, man. We are out here working hard for you people. We thank everybody that joined us and all the guests that joined us. And uh, we're going to keep plugging. Not getting rid of us.
0: Nope, not at all, man. We're going to keep pushing along. And please, as always... We love that you guys support us here by listening to our show, but can you please support us as well by liking our Facebook page and like and following us on Twitter because guess what? The more followers we do get, the bigger and the better the guests we get. That's just the way the world works, unfortunately. So, yeah, we love that you support us, and please continue showing your support for The Stoop. Once again, thank you to Mick James for joining us. We'll be back on Monday. With a guest, maybe with not a guest. We don't know yet. It's up in the air. We're working on somebody real special for you guys and ladies, because we know a lot of ladies listen to the show. So, yeah, we'll see you next Monday. So, for Jeff the Shark Perini, I'm Jonathan, Mr. Fahrenheit Ragus,
2: and we'll see you Monday. (laughs) Good night.